From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker and this is the WIA National News Service for week commencing November 15, 2015. CSIRO is working on an energy harvesting backpack Scientists from Australia's CSIRO's Advanced Energy Storage Team are working on a backpack which harvests energy from walking. The energy harvester takes the form of a roller, captive in the backpack strap. As the backpack bounces up and down with movement, the roller turns, producing electricity from the small DC generator within. This electricity flows through the USB port built into the roller to the conductive fibres which are seamlessly integrated into the bag. At this point, the electricity can be fed to the flexible battery within the backpack or directly to an electronic device. Hey, if all the family wore these, you may be able to quit the grid. Also, as the price of battery storage for Australian households is expected to drop within three years, many are looking at quitting the electricity grid. At ministerial level, it has now been accepted as inevitable that significant numbers of people could and would quit the grid. Whether the high cost of electricity or a mere declaration of independence, battery power and solar energy are being embraced. Unless power companies fight back effectively, the CSIRO Future Grid study has found that one-third of consumers may leave the grid. In VK3, the Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club invite the public to from Central Victoria to the Ice Caps, a presentation by Linda Bailhars, VK3FLIN. Among her many adventures, Linda was the first Australian woman to successfully trek the North and South Poles, skiing 1,100 kilometres from the edge of the Antarctic to the South Pole. From Central Victoria to the Ice Caps will be a story about ice cap wilderness and adventure, a metaphor for the many challenges we can all relate to in everyday life, such as the importance of a positive approach, finding your way, measuring progress and celebration. The adventure commences at 7.30pm Friday, November 20 at the first Bendigo Scout Hall. That's in Vine Street, number 9. A gold coin donation would be appreciated. Tea, coffee and biscuits available. If you'd like more information, get a hold of Kevin Crockett. The presentation again by VK3FLIN from Central Victoria to the Ice Caps. And now... From central Victoria, not to the ice caps, but to Spark. Hello, this is Tim, VK3TJC of the Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club, reminding listeners that the Rosebud Radio Fest will be held again this year on Sunday the 29th of November. As usual, the event will be held at the Eastbourne Primary School at Alambi Avenue, Rosebud, with outdoor displays open from 8am and the main sale area opened from a new earlier time of 9.30am and continuing through till 2pm. If you have pre-loved equipment to sell, tables are still available at $10 and can be booked online at www.rosebudradiofest.com. But be quick as tables are going fast. Technical forums will be held as part of the Radio Fest and topics include SOTA, QRP equipment design and propagation, and an ACMA update. 
The event has full catering, plenty of off-street parking and great door prizes. The entry fee is only $6, with under 12s free. This event presents an ideal opportunity to make a family day of it. So bring your family and enjoy the Radio Fest, the beaches, parks, wineries, shops and restaurants of the Mornington Peninsula. See you in Rosebud on the 29th of November, 7-3 from the Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club. Now a word from the WIA boardroom. The World Radio Communications Conference continues. A little progress has been made at the Spectrum Regulation Marathon on seeking a new amateur service secondary allocation at around 5,300 kilohertz, but the issue has a way to go. Some 3,800 delegates are at the WRC-15 in Geneva for four weeks to revise the ITU radio regs, finding new and better ways to govern the spectrum. The IARU team is working hard on the 5 meg matter and keeping a close watch on all items that could impact on the amateur and amateur satellite services, while also being able to contribute to the discussions. These include a proposed new allocation for vehicle radar systems between 77.5 and 78 GHz and existing primary amateur service allocation. The main interest, however, is in Agenda Item 1.4 with its possibility of allocating an appropriate amount of spectrum to the amateur service as a secondary allocation within the band 5250 to 5450 kHz. That spectrum is now allocated on a primary basis to the fixed and mobile services. Under intense pressure from major opponents, the proposed new amateur service allocation has been cut down to 15 kHz. For this shorter allocation concession, a few who have been in the no-change-no-allocation group have changed their views to agree with it. However, three major administrations are resisting any allocation at 5 MHz. Several other administrations have already indicated that their current radio amateur arrangements at 5 MHz will continue. The discussion seems to be over a limit of 100 watts, while others want it expressed in terms of equivalent isotropical radiated power, or EIRP. There will be a lot more talk on the 5 MHz issue, and it may go down to the wire at the final acts of the conference. Looking ahead to the next conference, there are proposed agenda items related to amateur service allocations being harmonised at 1.8 to 2 MHz and 50 to 54 MHz having been submitted for consideration, attracting interest that it go to the amateur service. Recording our history in this Anzac centenary year, the WIA Historical Archive, a treasure trove. As the WIA Anzac Centenary Commemoration draws to a close, it has unearthed a host of historical material. In June 2014, WIA President Phil Waite, VK2ASD, invited people to help raise awareness and consider contributing stories to Amateur Radio Magazine. A number took up the challenge to author stories that were coordinated by WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV. He drew on both the existing and now growing historical archive, and this led to renewed research on many subjects to get more detailed facts. Peter, VK3RV, already knew that many radio amateurs, both men and women, were involved. It has not been possible to write about all of them, and some cases simply need sufficient factual information. However, without doubt, the series acknowledges their efforts during these trying times. Many of us cannot easily relate to this in this day and age. The intervening years between the world wars produced many dramatic changes to wireless communication, frequently the result of advances leading up to World War II. 
This was before universities and technical college had ready access to formal training. Many individuals gain knowledge through an on-the-job training or via private reading and amateur experimentation at home. At times, progress was being made so quickly and over such a wide range of endeavour that a whole new branch of engineering, electronics, came into being and surged ahead. Broadcasting, shortwave communication, VHF development, radio ranging, aeronautical communication and instrumentation and miniaturisation were among many of the innovations. On next week's WIA broadcast, WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV, will tell more about his quest on our rich history. Looking for Anzac suffix commemorations? The Frankston and Mornington Peninsula Amateur Radio Club in Melbourne is 40 years old and now on air as part of the Anzac 100 program. It will be heard as VI3 Anzac this week, mainly from its club rooms in Patterson Lakes, Melbourne South, and is putting out a very strong signal. Happy birthday, Fam Park! Anzac 100 will also commemorate the 70th anniversary of the death of South Australian diver Derek, VC. For 48 hours from November 21, the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society, as VI5 Anzac, remembers his World War II action and the Victoria Cross for gallantry in the face of the enemy. For more details on these and other commemorations, including the last hurrah campaign in December, check out wia.org.au. The Last Hurrah? Well, the Wireless Institute of Australia, the WIA, is inviting all to join the Last Hurrah of its successful ANZAC 100 program to be held over two weekends from December 12 to 20. The end of the event is timed with the departure of Australians and New Zealanders from the ANZAC area of Gallipoli. An extension of the WIA program on last week's broadcast was, however, incorrect. The last Anzac to leave at 4.10am on December 20 was Colonel J. Patton, in charge of the rear guard. The Turks, then the enemy, were unaware that a major evacuation had taken place. The battle had begun on April 25, 1915, and that date is commemorated as Anzac Day, when all war veterans are honoured by street marches and many remembrance services. The WIA Anzac 100 program had about 50 events with Anzac suffix call signs on air throughout Australia. The last hurrah already has VK100 Anzac, VI3 Anzac, VI4 Anzac and VI6 Anzac involved. With two weekends in the closure, more applications are expected to be received. The Anzac suffix call sign events EQSL all contacts by uploading their electronic logs that are then handled by the WIA. For more information about the Anzac 100 program, visit wia.org.au. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news and this week, ham licensing might cost more soon in New Zealand, astronauts drop into the World Radio Communications Conference, your Raspberry Pi could be a la mode transmitting on FM, a private shortwave broadcaster goes somewhere and your hobby could become a career. All this and more coming up, I'm John, VK2JPM. Radio Spectrum Management, or RSM, is a business unit of the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, the MBIE, in New Zealand. 
Stuart Watchman, ZL2TW, the NZART president, has advised members through their info line that MBIE RSM is carrying out a review of radio licence fees and this has the potential to significantly increase amateur repeater, beacon and link costs. NZART is preparing a submission on the topic to the RSM. Over in Geneva... The ISS astronauts have linked up with ITU WRC-15. You'd be by now aware that the ITU World Radio Communication Conference 2015, or WRC-15, is taking place in Geneva, but an amateur radio link-up between WRC-15 and two astronauts on the International Space Station has added an out-of-this-world radio communications component. The contact took place using the permanent amateur radio station at the ITU. The station's normal call sign is 4U1ITU, but during the conference, the special call sign 4U1WRC is being used. Students from Institute Florimont were able to use the ITU station to talk to the astronauts Chell Lindgren, K05MOS, and Kimiya Yui, KG5BPH, who were using the amateur radio station in the ISS Columbus module, call sign OR4ISS. By the way, did you spot the clever call? Write it down, K05MOS. Here's a new twist on a portable broadcast FM transmitter. The Raspberry Pi-powered Pocket FM was born out of work by MICT, with support from the German Federal Foreign Office for the Syrian radio network. Pocket FM is a portable Band 2 FM broadcast transmitter the size of a shoebox that starts working as soon as it's connected to a small antenna, a power source and an audio signal. A single device can air radio programs over a radius of about 6 kilometres. At its core is the Raspberry Pi, an affordable computer board that can easily be further developed and modified with different features for different scenarios. Klaus Glenewinkel, MICT's co-founder and director, commented, The challenge in Syria is that it can be scary, in some areas, to set up big FM transmitters because they're easy to detect, easy to destroy and expensive to run. The small Raspberry Pi-powered pocket FM is just the ticket. Over at Southgate News, the question is being asked, whatever happened to WWBS? It's interesting to look back and reflect on the disappearing shortwave broadcasters from our past. Down in Macon, Georgia, USA, there was a private shortwave radio station with the call sign WWBS. Today, the huge Yagi antenna that once beamed 50 kilowatts of religious programming on the weekend still remains, but no transmission. The story of this home-brewed radio broadcaster that operated for over four years and suddenly disappeared from the 25-metre band in 2003 is best found when you read this week's text edition of WIA News and follow the link. And finally, sometimes, just sometimes, ham radio is more than a hobby. In fact, it can be a career. Consider these openings now available for qualified radio amateurs looking to make the most of their talents, skills, interests and professional development. And for this insight, it's over to our good friends at the Amateur Radio Newsline in the USA. I'm John VK2JPM. Consider these openings now available for qualified radio amateurs looking to make the most of their talents, skills, interests and professional development. 
In Australia, the Wireless Institute of Australia is looking for an executive administrator in its Bayswater, Melbourne location. Applicants should be experienced in working for a nonprofit community service membership organization and should have a good understanding of the WIA and amateur radio. The deadline to apply for the job is November 30th. For more details on specific job requirements, visit seek.com or the WIA website at http colon forward slash forward slash www.wia.org.au. And finally, if you're aiming high, really high, the ARRL is looking for a new chief executive officer to succeed David Sumner, K1ZZ. Sumner is stepping down as CEO next May. The active radio amateur who is chosen for this position will, among other things, oversee the day-to-day management of the league and its fiscal operation. Applications, cover letters, and resumes should be sent to Monique Levesque at ARRL headquarters. She can be emailed at mlevesque at arrl.org. On the 4th of November, the inaugural launch of an experimental U.S. military vehicle carrying several satellites with amateur radio payloads failed in mid-flight shortly after taking off at 0345 UTC from Hawaii, destroyed in the demonstration flight with 13 small research spacecraft cl- clustered on the mission for NASA researchers and university students. None of the satellites carried amateur radio transponders but several were equipped to transmit beacon signals and telemetry on 2 metres, 70 sems and 13 sems amateur frequencies. Thanks, Jeremy. That's Jeremy Boot, G4NJH from the RSGB. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, and our WIA Spring VHF UHF Field Day is on this weekend, 14th and 15th November 2016. All aboard the Sydney Ferries VHF UHF Contest, Sunday, March 13, 10am to 4pm. Harry Angel AM in a Sprint, WIA, provisional date, Saturday 7th of May. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 6 and 7. Special Event Stations, DX Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. All aboard Sydney Harbour Ferries. The Waverley Amateur Radio Society is planning to run a six-hour VHF UHF contest in March involving Sydney's historic ferry service. It will be on a Sunday with working ferries and 36 wharves activated. Operation is restricted to VHF and UHF bands, however these may use any mode, be simplex or through repeaters or using handheld transceivers. Home and mobile operators may also contact those riding on ferries or activating wharves. The contest will be on Sunday, March 13, from 10am to 4pm. Summerland and Northern VK2 have been hard at work and a new site for their Byron repeater VK2RBB has been approved and is being worked on. Whilst to their west, a western repeater is being investigated in the Borrook area, Talimka VK2RSE. Marking the National Rifle Association's 144th birthday, members of the Yavakpai Amateur Radio Club of Prescott, Arizona, will operate a special event station November the 17th. The operators will be using the call sign K7NRA. Eric returns to Madagascar until the 12th of December. He will reactivate his 5R8 IC call sign from St. Marie Island. Iota reference AF090. 
QSLs go via Eric's home call of F6ICX. Wetchvk will be the DXer for 2015. With only six weeks to go, there's a struggle for supremacy amongst the DXers. While the Foundation license only section has received just one entry so far. The Foundation license section had three entrants last year. More may be received from both sections with a flurry of up-to-date entries. The WIA website has the DX leaderboard of those contacts verified by a QSL card, EQSL or logbook of the world. The list contains contact rankings for the top 30 based on their performance. The prestigious DXer of the year will be announced at the WIA annual general meeting in May on Norfolk Island. Awards. Victoria's local government award issued. The award certificate has gone to Amanda Bauer, VK3FQSO, after contacts with 69 of the 79 municipalities in the state of Victoria. The local government award rules are simple, but persistent hunting is needed. Although QSOs during some events, contests and portable activity are acceptable, remember that areas and national parks are not within municipalities and cannot qualify as contacts for this award. Victorian national parks are on air. Lots of activity has already been heard. As portable stations join the 5th annual Keith Rocher Memorial National Parks Award activation. It started last Friday and continues until Monday. Jim VK3PC says at least 30 of Victoria's national parks are listed and they are looking for contacts. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. I'm Graham VK4BB, this is Media Watch, and the well-read Hackaday magazine contains two articles about the advantages and experimental scope available to radio amateurs. The first dismisses the view that old men with their Morse code and analogue voice communications are the face of the hobby. You know, the ones driving around with the S-plates. The article reveals it has been transformed into a modern amateur radio with digital techniques including voice, text and picture. The other article by Bill Mira, N2CQR of Solder Smoke, says why readers should take a fresh look at ham radio. He says a tremendous opportunity for technical exploration and adventure lay ahead. Bill says this includes building a station and software, bouncing digital signals off the moon, developing a new modulation scheme to send packets around the world via the ionosphere, a fleet of satellites, or bouncing them off meteor trails. In a wise warning, he tells hackers not to be deterred if the first radio amateurs they meet don't seem to be deeply into technology. Seek out the hardcore technical subculture where hackers will find kindred spirits. Food for thought for those inside and outside modern amateur radio. Hi, I'm Brian VK3GR with worldwide special interest group news beginning this week with APRS. New symbol graphics for APRS, the well-known APRS.fi site, is introducing new symbol graphics and better support for mobile devices. The new symbols are drawn in vector format as opposed to a raster format at a fixed resolution. The new symbols are slightly larger than the old ones, making them easier to recognise on modern displays having smaller pixels than the old ones. They're also available in double resolution so that they're properly sharp on the 4K or Retina displays found on many modern tablets, phones and computers. Now ATV video. Multiple stations on one antenna. The Great Ham Radio video by Randy K7AGE shows how W1AW-6 at Pacificon 2015 ran multiple stations using a single antenna. See how Rick engineered the radio system. Google it. It's on YouTube. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group, CW. 
CW enthusiasts may be interested in looking at VKCW.net. They now have a new website to help generate more interest in the art of CW. Get on air and join in the CW Bash, an informal QSO session using a common calling frequency. CW Bash on 40 metres, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday from 8 till 9pm Eastern Standard Time. For more information, see vkcw.net website. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, the hunt for SETI Express. Last month, October, five intrepid radio amateurs headed into the Arctic in an attempt to detect the 400 to 800 terahertz radiation from the satellite SETI Express X053. The X053 satellite was launched October 27, 2005, and the team braved harsh, freezing Arctic weather in their determination to detect the satellite on the 10th anniversary of its launch. AMSAT UK have now been given exclusive access to the full SETI Express Phase E 400-800 terahertz downlink report. This report provides a clear insight into the work carried out during their recent campaign and to methods and equipment used. The link that will take you directly to the report is, of course, in our text edition, best read at wia.org.au. And the 50 Up Club QB50 project, AMSAT BB, informs us, for the purpose of the demonstration and development of CubeSats of the technology of the universities around the world, it is scheduled to launch all 50 satellites by a Ukraine Cyclone 4 rocket, February 1, 2016. That's 50 birds in space at the one launch. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's ILLW. Lighthouse event celebrates milestones and special call signs. The International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend in August already has 90 stations from 20 countries, led by Australia and Germany on 20 each, and the USA with 15. Helmick, PA0HEL, and Peter, PA0RLM, wanted to celebrate their 10th year as radio amateurs and have chosen to do so at the Lighthouse Petit Fort Philippe, TM0LHG in France. The Romanshorn Lighthouse in Switzerland is to use the unique call sign of HB9ILLW. Whether you want to see the past event reports, access to its Facebook page, Read the guidelines or register a marine beacon for August 20-21 next year. Visit the website at illw.net. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. Wyson, Tasmania, South, are providing communications for the Scouts Clark Trophy over the weekend of 21 and 22 November 2015. The Clark Trophy is a competition on scouting skills between patrols of scouts from across Tasmania. Patrols will navigate between 12 activity nodes, at each of which they will undergo scored activities. The event is held on a property near Oatlands. And finally, the 24th Australian Jamboree has amateur radio. The biggest Australian Jamboree, or AJ2016, will see over 12,000 scouts from around Australia and overseas converge on Cataract Park, about 70 kilometres from Sydney, in the coming January. The Fisher's Ghost Amateur Radio Club will be there January 2nd through 14, busy using the special call sign of VI2AJ2016 during the day and into the early evening. And that's all I have for you this week. I'm Brian, VK3GR. Rewind.
Radio Boys and Girls to the Rescue, 1890 to 1945. A new book, The Radio Boys and Girls, Radio, Telegraph, Telephone and Wireless Adventures for Juvenile Readers, 1890 to 1945, has been published by Mike Adams. Series fiction about wireless and radio was a popular genre of young adult literature at the turn of the 20th century and an early form of social media. Before television and the internet, books about plucky youths braving danger and adventure with the help of wireless communication brought young people together. They gathered in basements to build crystal sets. They built transmitters and talked to each other across neighbourhoods, cities and states. By 1920, there was music in the air and boys and girls tuned in on homemade radios, often inspired by their favourite stories. The book analyses more than 50 volumes of wireless and radio-themed fiction, offering a unique perspective on the world presented to young readers of the day. The values, attitudes, culture and technology of a century ago are discussed, many of them still debated today, including immigration, gun violence and guns on campus, race, bullying and economic inequality. The book is available on Amazon. With Rewind, I'm John, VK2JPM. Well, I reckon we've done it. We've reached the end of WIA and the National News Service for another week. This broadcast was for the week commencing the 15th of November 2015. For those that went along to Saturday's QRP by the Bay and VK3 or the Hamfest by the Gold Coast, well, we certainly hope you had a great time there. Coming up, of course, we've got Spark and we've got the Rosebud Radio Fest. So now until next we meet, right here next week, I'm Graham VK4 BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.